Welcome to the Word of a King podcast. It's where culture clashes with our calling, where preaching is more important than popularity, where we rightly divide and properly apply the scriptures, where we put to rest common and controversial issues. We do this by looking to the Word of a King. The key to understand the Word of God is for the author to show you what the thing says. If you understand that book, you get for the author. Then he opened their understanding. Amen, amen. Welcome back to another episode of the Word of a King podcast. I am your host, Chad Reese, and the co-host, Brother Brian Beam. Uh, Brother, I'm looking forward to getting back into the subject at hand, and we've been discussing for the last two episodes, final authority. And I know we've uh, kind of talked a lot about different aspects of it and how it's not just a hobby horse. And I think uh, us as Bible believers, we take this subject serious, uh, seriously, because it is, um, it's the Word of God, and that's what our faith is built upon. Um, So just for a few moments, I wanted to discuss maybe, and I know we probably covered this in the previous podcast, but brother, why why do you think this is such an important subject uh, for us to discuss and for Christians to get down in their soul and have their 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 stance on what is the final authority? Yeah, we we've covered it in previous podcasts, but obviously biblically, I could go on and on and on, which I am want to do. On the, uh, the importance of the Word of God is how you get saved. It's your weapon. It, it sanctifies you. It cleanses you. It, it's just so important. The only time the word success is in the Bible. It's yeah. connected with the Word of God, Joshua 1.8. But just practically, I think a lot of Christians are probably ignorant on practically what it means. And I say stuff, and I think people probably think it's just overstatement, exaggeration. And it's really not that every single verse in a King James Bible has been attacked in some form, in yeah. some commentary, by some professor, by just random Joe Blow Christians, by people in the pulpit. Any verse that they don't like in any Bible, not That's just right. King James, they'll correct it with the Greek or this manuscript, that manuscript, or nothing. I've seen them do it with nothing. Yeah. So in essence, if it's not King James, you don't have a Bible, and the Bible is whatever you think it is or whatever someone says. So... It's a like a noodle instead of a sharp two-edged yeah, sword. It, so it's super important. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think uh, what you had mentioned, I know I alluded to a little bit last podcast, but oftentimes when we, you know, we study these out and we talk about them, we're gonna we'll show you the big doctrinal changes and the attacks on you know the deity of Jesus Christ and the and on the blood and eternal security and the confusion it causes. But as you said, that it's literally every verse, every word is attacked in some form, some fashion. And again, it affects more than just the major doctrines. Now, that should be enough. It really should. Yes. Even if they had everything else right and it was just the major doctrines, that should be enough to say, you know, I don't want no part of it. But unfortunately, it attacks everything. It attacks how you train your children. It attacks... Uh, your stewardship attacks your, you know, what is love? And you could go on and on. If you study this subject out and you really are sincere about all the changes, you'll see it attacks every aspect of what God says. And I think that's why this 
is one of the major reasons this is important. Again, as you mentioned, this is where we learn anything about God and truth and our Christian life. And what we're trying to say is it's tainted in these new versions. Therefore, you're not going to build on a solid foundation. You're literally going to be built on scholarship. And basically, you'll be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine because there will always be a new teaching. There will always be a new manuscript. There will always be a new professor. There's always going to be the next educated man to come on the scene and to correct what you've been taught before. And they'll refer to some manuscript that you'll not even know how to read. And then you'll take their word. And so, brother, before we're going we're gonna to get into the examples real shortly, we'll pick back up where we left off. But I really liked what you mentioned about it's either scripture only and or scholarship only. Maybe just quickly summarize that thought again in statement. I think that's powerful. I, I want that to sink into the viewers and listeners. It truly is either the scriptures only or scholarship only. What do you mean by that? We believe the King James Bible is the Word of God. It contains the words, the very words of Amen. God. It Amen. is the Scripture in English for today. Now, and therefore, anything that goes against it is not the Scripture. It's an error. And so, if you don't believe that, it's not like there's NIV only, or I'm Nestle right. Allen 27th edition only, or I'm Dallas Theological Seminary only, or I'm New... There's no other onlys. That's right. So... If it's not King James only, it's what we covered in the few episodes yeah. back. There are the Greek manuscripts. There's 5,810 of them. There's 80, 90, maybe 100 or more Greek New Testaments, and they differ in thousands of places. You can take the opinions and preferences of any scholar on the face of the earth that will disagree tens of thousands of times right. over the last 300 years. That is your authority, or the King James Bible is your authority. The, it is written, the Word of God, perfect Amen. and pure, and not one change. is That's the Word of God, which sounds pretty reasonable. Yeah. Or whatever anybody on the planet thinks it is, which sounds pretty ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely. So. It ties back into what we said already. It's uh, uh, Satan says, Yea, hath God said, and the Lord Jesus Christ says, It is written. Amen. Those are two polar opposite statements. Yea, hath God said. That's what scholarship does. When they say, well, this verse or this word should be rendered yeah. this way, they're questioning the Word of God. Literally what they're saying. Literally. Did, did God say that? Yeah. And then they'll say, he said this, but you say, are you 100% sure? Well, no, we're not sure. Right. And, and they'll, all, they'll have tons of verses that they're not really sure. It could be this or not. If I said right now, your soul depends on you're going to go to hell, is um, the last 12 verses of Mark in, in the Bible. They probably would say, well, I can't say for sure, but um, right. the evidence shows that it most likely was added in the 4th century... They don't know for sure. Right. Yea, hath God said. I know for sure it's in there. First John 5, 7 is in there. They Amen. don't know for sure. That's of, the, that's of Satan. Yeah. And, and again, like you mentioned, they disagree amongst themselves because there's always a new you know, manuscript, a new line of thought, and they're literally questioning, yea, hath God said. Where we as Bible believers say, it is written. Amen. And boy, there is power in that. There is power. It's liberating. You can go to the Word of God. You can believe the Word of God. You can preach and teach the Word of God and say, Thus saith the Lord. And you know what it comes down to, and then we will move on with examples. we get back into the substance and meat of it. I do believe we were talking a little bit about this before. I do believe that's what makes the Word of a King podcast a little bit different. But that's good. We want to give you the Word of God. We want to give you the evidence from the Scripture. But brother, if I could summarize this idea about final authority, 
I think I would summarize it this way. Scholarship only does not believe the words of God. They mm. simply want to extrapolate the teachings or the meanings That's great. or simply just the principles where we say, no, we believe the words of God. And we have them. And we have them. Yeah. And we have them. And so, yes, there's principles and teachings and mm. meanings, but we believe every word. And uh, that is a huge difference. Again, that's polar opposites in perspectives, point of view, and how you approach the word of God. So uh, let, let's dive in back to some examples, and let's give the viewers and listeners some more things to consider. And before uh, we get in that first uh, group of scriptures, brother, uh, I just want to say, again, if you're watching or listening to this and you don't hold to the King James-only position, you're not our enemy. I, I truly believe a lot of people are just ignorant of this issue. They haven't studied it out. They've uh, been deceived by college professors and higher education, and it's our heart's desire for you to consider these issues, to pray about them, to seek them out for yourself, and we pray that what we show you will help you on that journey seeking truth. So, uh, brother, let's let's get into some more examples. I think we're going to dive right into talking about the tax on the deity of Jesus Christ, or if you want to get into something before that, that's fine. Yeah, I just want to mention how you summed that up was actually was way better than how I did it, and it was very well said. And it reminded me of the difference between the Word of God that the, that everybody says they believe, Billy Graham, or go to um, Liberty University's website, go to Bob Jones University's website, go to anybody's website that's not King James only, go to any profession of faith, rather be James White, or a liberal, right. conservative, King James, but they say they believe... They use the King James, but don't believe it. And they're all going to say the same thing. In a nutshell, we believe the Word of God is perfect, inspired, preserved, without error. Now, some of them will be honest sure. and say, as originally given, which is what they believe. That's it. What's well, yeah. not around, we all know. They disappeared 1,900 years ago, therefore their profession is the equivalent of believing nothing because it doesn't exist. Right. Right. whoop de doo you believe in something that disappeared 1,900 years ago. Right. Wow, great evidence. But the, what they'll do is, and I mentioned this in class Wednesday, they kept because we're going through the Doctrine of Jesus Christ and how he's the Word, capital W. Yep. And they'll put capital W-O-R-D. Yep. And what they mean by that, and again, I, if you've watched these podcasts, you've got the evidence. If, if, if you've never heard this, it sounds outlandish. What they mean by we believe the Word of God, and they put capital W, is nothing on the face of this earth or any planet. Right. They don't believe it. What they mean by capital W, Word of God, which word? And this one? No, not that one. That's not perfect. And preserved, inspired. Is it, is it the NIV? No, that's not it. Oh, it's the King James. No, 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 of course. Not the yeah. King James. Which manuscript? It's none of the manuscripts. Which Greek text? None of the Greek text. Right. Well, what do you mean the Word of God? They mean nothing. Right. They're professional liars. We keep telling you. Now, a King James Bible believer, we believe, and I, Dr. Ruckman used to always say, and I've explained yeah. it to people. They never understood why he always said it and what he meant, but it's a great truth. He would always say, uh, the Word... Thou shalt preserve them, thou shalt keep the words of the Lord up here. And I mean W-O-R-D-S, and I don't mean word. W, he would do it all the time. And I think a lot of people kind of went over their head or they're not into this issue. But it's a great truth that he's pointing Absolutely. out. We believe the words, like what? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's, I think, 10 words. Yeah. All 10, that's words, are the word of God. Perfect, inspired, Absolutely. preserved, it, inspired. John three sixteen. for God so loved, those are words I'm saying. Amen. I believe that's the word of God. I believe it's perfect, inspired, preserved. That's what by words, they don't believe that. That's the difference. When they say, I believe the word of God is inspired, it's without error, it's originally, it's plenary, verbally. Which words? Zero words. Yeah. That's what they believe. Check them out. Check yeah. them out. They believe it. But yeah, that illustrates the difference. No, between... and I, I'm glad you brought that up because that example alone is so powerful. And just to reiterate what Brother Brian just said, 
the capital W-O-R-D in your King James Bible occurs seven times, hmm. and all seven of those are know. a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And brother, I got a little chart, and maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't. I did study at church a while ago. But if you look at those seven occurrences of the capital W-O-R-D, it pretty much encapsulates the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, from his wow. beginning, uh, you know, to his his being born in the flesh, uh, to the uh, Trinity, and all the ongoing, you know, doctrinal issues with the Lord Jesus Christ. If someone would just be settled on those seven doctrinal issues that those verses point out, you would have a solid belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. But hmm. what Brother Brian said is true. They they deceive you. They want to try to make you think they emphasize the word the words of God. So they capitalize it. In capitalizing it, they reveal that they don't even believe them because the capital W is never a reference to the written word, but is always a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a perfect example of the difference between a Bible believer that says that these words are perfect. And man, look at the capital W-O-R-D shows up seven times. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. But the Bible correctors dismiss that and they try to emphasize they believe it, but they don't believe the words like we do. And so it's important. I think that's a good segue to yeah, let's get into and some you, examples there. I had to add that you, and you can ask him. I heard Dr. Ruckman do this. He has a book called Errors in the King James Bible. And in the back, there's an appendices. It's like 30, 35, 40 different letters with official stationery from almost every major right. Christian university from a guy. I think he wrote it as part of to get his, uh, his doctorate or whatever. And he writes to every university, and you can see in print their words. You can do it yourself. I emailed John MacArthur recently. Of course, he never answered me back. Yeah. I used to listen to John MacArthur now and then when I, my old job, I used to drive for hours every day. And he mentioned about, um, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? He's preaching a sermon. I think John MacArthur is a really good preacher. I think oh, yeah. he knows the Bible really well. He's just, he's a Calvinist. He's a Bible corrector. Right. But, and he's like, this form actually, if you notice, it's in your King James Bible, but it's not of the newer versions. That's because um, it was probably added, which if you're going to say that, I guess that's more sincere than to say dogmatically it was added. And he, he said it was probably out of then he mentioned the originals. It's, but you're not going to find it in the originals. Mm -hmm. So I, I emailed John MacArthur, and I said, I try to do it subtly, you know. Yeah. I said, I heard John MacArthur, and I appreciate him and all that, blah, blah, blah. But I noticed he mentioned the originals. I'm wondering if what he meant by that and where I could get a copy of them. And that's the crux of the matter. The Did words of God, I believe the word. No, they never answered me anything. Right. But they say, I believe the word, the word of God. Okay, where can I get a copy? Right. You know the answers. If you don't believe me, check them out. Call any Christian, any Christian university, any pastor, any smarty pants that doesn't believe King James only like us, and say, "Where are the words of God, and where can I get a copy?" The answer is crickets. You cannot because it's made this, up, and they they will tell you what it is. They get yeah. to tell you what the original is. I know this is shot in the dark, <laughs> but if anyone has connections to John MacArthur, yeah. maybe send him this podcast podcast, and we would love a copy of those originals, or at least where we can get them. Wow from yeah. so again we are another okay. answer so we're not going to get a response back they're going to rely on scholarship only uh, but you're all right i mean uh john macarthur is a very eloquent and talented yeah. preacher and obviously i believe he studies the book but he's a bible corrector and a calvinist yep. and uh um so anyways okay <laughs> that's his race he'll run it but nevertheless uh, let's uh, let's get into the meat of the word, and uh, really, again, this is the word of a king 
podcast, and we love to dive into the word of the king. Uh, so let's start off. We're going to talk about the attacks on the deity. So let's uh, let's start off there, brother. Go ahead and want you uh, kind of just go with this section and, and give us some references and give some examples on how these new versions attack the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. So as I mentioned in um, doctrine class, we're going through the doctrines of Jesus Christ, and I'll, now then I'll show them some of the new Bibles, and we keep a new Bible in the pulpit, underneath the pulpit there, and I'll read from it. But I said there's like eight or nine great verses in the New Testament. Now, I could... I could show you 100 verses that prove Jesus is God, especially right. with the Old Testament. There's no God beside me. There's no Savior beside me. I, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, you know, all that. Mm -hmm. But the greatest classic verses in the New Testament, at least six or seven of them are attacked by the new versions. But we'll give you one here. And I meant to look up and get you the Greek manuscripts, which we're not talking about that this podcast anyway. But it's really interesting why they make the change I'm about to read, because there was a theta and the Yoda subscript and the soccer. I don't remember what they call this socks. It's some kind of term where the Greek manuscripts will abbreviate titles of deity, but the theta for God, it looks almost like the pronoun for he in Greek, and then the line is there, and if the line's gone, it's he and not God. Mm. I'm kind of jumping ahead, and it doesn't matter anyway. No, but yeah. you can see how the line over hundreds of years has faded, where right. the line was there in the oldest and best, and that's the reason they get rid of it. But I'm sorry, that's off no, the point no, that's there. Good. But no, I think, I think what you do is you give a little bit of substance um, for those who are a little bit more in-depth in manuscript evidence in why they try to justify these changes, right? And, and again, I do vaguely remember that. Yeah. Much better. Nomina sacra. I think that's yeah, the Greek. Fancy you know. Latin term for abbreviating the titles of divinity. But And I do briefly remember that, <laughs> studying that out. But but think about how ludicrous that is because in, you know either the mark was there or not there, you're going to change from he to God. I mean, that's just, especially when, again, it's already been translated as God. So these are the new versions. So yeah. you know, uh, and they're finding other manuscripts that it has it or doesn't. So, anyways, go all on. right. Uh, beyond all question, the mystery of godliness is great. I'm reading from an NIV. What's the mystery of god godliness? He appeared in a body, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels. So, yeah, and obviously, so I guess this is an example of what you just talked about in in that Greek text. No, just reiterate. You're saying it has the mark, then it's uh, he, and if it doesn't, it's God? Is that how it is, or do you remember? Yeah, the mark is a theta, and it's God. But okay. the mark is faded over time to where you can barely see it, but if the mark's not there, it's he. So but the mark is, was there, and you can kind of tell. So this is probably their justification of changing God to he in this verse, I would imagine. Yeah, it's because of that, yeah. that manual. Actually, I don't know which one. Vaticanus Sinaitic right. is probably one of the oldest and best. but Right. So yeah, and but obviously, I mean, this is a tremendous attack on the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you know, you change He, uh, you change God to He, and it completely eradicates the blessing and the the profound truth of this verse. We didn't read the verse. <laughs> Where did you? I'll quote it. I I mean the King James version. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know. Okay. Yeah. You Go want ahead. Me to read it? Okay. Go. Well, for, yeah, the King James says, Great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest right. in the flesh. We didn't read it, right? No, we didn't read okay. it. But, but I figured our, I, I was just jumping ahead because I figured okay. our Sorry. viewers and listeners knew what the King James, I mean, that's a very, uh, as you like to say, familiar verse. Familiar verse. Yes. You know, so I was jumping uh, a little yes, bit. Yes, they change he to God. Yeah. But. Yeah, exactly. So uh, my apologies. But, but again, I figured our, our listeners and viewers knew that that he there should have been God. And, and, but maybe not. Maybe you didn't know that. But that's the whole point. 
God was manifest in the flesh is a supernatural, miraculous statement. He was manifest in the flesh. Well, he's plural. We're manifesting. Yeah, are manifesting the flesh every single day. Yeah, and so therefore, uh, it's uh, an obvious attack on the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, without you know getting stuck on this whole one line theta, not there, faded. But I just want people to try to absorb that. That's their justification. That's their scholarship to say, we need to update the King James Version. We need to remove God was manifest in the flesh and change it to he because this line is not there. I mean, I just think there's a spirit behind that. I don't think that's sincere scholarship. I think it's someone being led by a spirit and they probably don't even know it. Well, that's what, and I've heard Dr. Ruckman say this, Gail Ripplinger did a much better job than he ever did in his books in showing you documented evidence, was showing you the, how they're translating, the specific words they're using, and how they are being led of the devil. Right, right. So you've got, and what they'll do, I don't have any examples, but like let's say this verse, let's say there was one verse that said he and 85 manuscripts that said God, and they ignored the 85 and went with he, right? Right. And then in a similar situation, let's say that manuscript that they use to overthrow the King James. There are, there are verses, I think maybe it's Luke 24, 51 and 52, where it says, and he was, they worshiped him and he was carried up into heaven. The old NASB, I think it's in the, the newer ones. The old NASB would take out, and they worshiped him and he was carried up into heaven. Based on, I think it was manuscript D. Mm. When Sinaiticus and Vaticanus and the majority of the manuscripts agreed with the King James, yeah. they ignored those to downgrade and degrade Jesus Christ. Right. While in other instances, they'll take just one of those, Sinaiticus or Vaticanus, they'll take one right. and manuscript D, for example, and let's say um, manuscript uh, Vaticanus and the majority of manuscripts all agree with the King James. They'll ignore all those. So they're hypocrites. They're totally go- they set up right. these rules and they totally ignore them. Any chance that when there's, well, it's not even close in a lot of cases, and whenever it comes to exalting Jesus Christ, exalting correct doctrine, exalting the virgin birth, yeah. they'll, go with the, they'll go with Satan every single time. Right. And that's the proof. And I don't have the specific, I gave yeah. a couple of specific examples. Look up the manuscripts, get a, the, the deep stuff, but I'm, I'm sure there are some books maybe written from Sam right. Gipp or Edward Hills where they'll show you case after case after case where they'll ignore their rules that they set up to attack the King James. And that's their goal. They're against the King James. They say, no, our goal is to produce the purest and most accurate, but no, it's not. Right. And, and again, they don't have to be know that they don't have to be have goat horns and right. 666 tattooed and barcodes. Right. They don't know it. They're probably good, godly men, all that kind of thing. But um, they're being led of the devil and the proof's there. Yeah, absolutely, brother. And I'm glad you brought that up. And like I said, go study this out on your own. But but think about, I know, just kind of try to digest what Brother Brian just gave you. And maybe you didn't fully understand everything. Yeah. Like he's talking about, Sorry. you know, manuscript. D. No, it's good, brother. You're, you're just, that's what you do. <laughs> yeah, no, I it's the overflow. Yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's, that's perfect. But what he's saying is when they find manuscripts, They'll give them a, a letter, like Manuscript D, and they'll give them different names. And so when he's referring to these, what basically, I'll try to summarize this, is he's saying sometimes what they'll try to say is, well, we went with the majority of these older texts, and that's why we went with he. Although there is evidence it should be God, we're going to go with the older texts, and these contain it. But if you notice what he also said, sometimes they violate their own rule and some of their older manuscripts does contain 
the word God, but they'll go with one or two of their new man, or older manuscripts and still override it. They'll still change it to he. So again, that's why we're saying there's a spirit yeah. involved. That's why we're saying there's somebody leading them because they don't even follow their own rules. And oftentimes their own manuscripts will support the King James Bible, but because they have one or two that goes against the King James Bible, they will use those to support the change. And now here, here's the deception of it. And I've seen this time and time again in Kenneth Weiss' book of the untranslatable riches of the King James Bible. And I know I've said this before, but what he does in this book, he goes ahead and translates <laughs> it for you. And, you know, these you know, King James translators weren't good enough, but I'm good enough. But what he does is they won't tell you that you know manuscript D is the only manuscript that says he and the Sinaiticus and Vanicatus read God. They'll leave that information out although they know it. And when you don't give all the facts, especially if you know there's this piece of information out here that would go against your statement, that's still a lie. Now, if you just happen not to say it because you're talking and lecturing and someone asks you, oh, yeah, that's okay. You know, yes, there's other manuscripts. But my point is they know these facts. They know in these cases yeah. that there is the older manuscripts that support the King James Bible, but for the average Christian who's just reading their book or listening to their lecture, they'll just mention the one that supports their position. And I'm telling you, they're deceiving you. And I believe it's because they are deceived. But uh, yeah, so that's a, hmm. a really profound and powerful thought about how they changed that God was manifest in the flesh to he was manifest in flesh. So let's continue on. Well, I'll say this. They do give you a note in this Bible okay, that'll right. help clear it up. What is the note? It says, some manuscripts say God. So now you know which one. Now you know what it should say. It says he, and over and over, we're not going to get on that, but over and over, that's what these Bibles do. Right. Some manuscripts say this. Well, the early ones say this, but there are some, but this church father quoted this. So you're, you're reading your Bible. You don't know this issue. You're, don't know about the, you're not a King James only guy, and you're reading your Bible. You're reading that verse. So you think it says what? You don't know. Right. What does 1 Timothy 3.16 say? God appeared in the flesh. Some man, it says he appeared in the body. Okay. You're Mr. Christian, you've been saved a month, you got saved in jail, and somebody gave you an interview. And then you see a man, some manuscripts say God. What are you, I don't know, you're just going to be confused, I guess. Sure. Or th throw it away. You're not going to love the Word of God like you should. Yeah. But yeah. It goes back to which one gives the preeminence to Jesus Christ. There it is. Which one exalts Jesus Christ? I'll tell you which one. It's God was manifest in the flesh. Mm -hmm. He diminishes it, He attacks it, He cast doubt upon the word of God, yea, hath God said, God manifest in flesh is, it is written. And uh, so that's uh, that's the issue there. Amen. Let's go on. All right, one of the other classics, I mentioned this before, I, this is how I came across King James' issue, I quoted this to a JW, and he's like, that's not in the originals. And, but anyway, 1 John 5, 7, for there are three that testify. That's it. <laughs> that's that's uh. That's a, it's a great verse on a deity of Christ. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Obviously, the King James Bible in 1 John 5, 7, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, that's capital W-R-D, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. You can't get much plainer on the issue of the Godhead than 1 John 5, 7. And again, this is one of the seven occurrences where the capital W-O-R-D yeah. shows up, and it, it shows you the Godhead, or which most people call the Trinity, the triune God. 
the Father, the Word, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Now, in, <laughs> can you read that one more time? What was that profound verse you got? The three that testify, I think. Yeah, but it didn't tell you who they are, right? No. Yeah, so there well, you go. Well, verse 8, the Spirit, the water, the blood, and the three are in agreement. Yeah. But so, that's not no. nothing on the Trinity or Godhead. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, just another example <laughs> of attacking the birth of Christ, attacking the Godhead, the Trinity, and uh, these examples go on where they attack the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. What else you got? Philippians 2.6, another good one. NIV, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. You know, I'm sorry, you know, I, uh, I know they say that the King James Bible is harder and these new versions make it easier, but I don't even know what that was saying. <laughs> I mean, I'd probably sit there and figure it out, but I don't find that easier whatsoever. And uh, what, what did you read there, Philippians 2.6? 2, 2.6. 2, yeah. And obviously the King James Bible says, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Why is that, Brother Brian? Because he was God. That's right. It's the only reason you can say, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's not robbery to be equal with God because the Lord Jesus Christ was and is God. Yeah. Just kind of a couple more, or I can just yeah, read. Just kinda, yeah, One's Micah five two, where it says Jesus Christ is from everlastings mm -hmm. in the King James. Right. The New Bibles change it to ancient days. And what they would, I don't know, if there was a guy here, he would probably say, or I've read James White's book. I read watch debates in that. What they would say is, well, it can be translated this way. It's not sinister. It's a, This Hebrew word can be, or maybe even should be translated this way. Okay, fine. Just like the whole manuscript thing we talked about. But why every single time they side with Satan? Right. <laughs> and they never go with Team Jesus. They're like always, let's see, exalt Jesus or no? Well, go against Jesus. Yeah. But it's just coincidence. No. And the devil is subtle, so they don't have to know they're being led by the devil. Right. That's how the devil works. But <laughs> So I think that, again, is just another good point just to briefly talk about and because the devil is subtle, they don't always have to outright attack a doctrine. And someone could argue, well, agent of days or everlasting. And you know, like I said, it could be translated. But, but here's another problem that's often not considered. And I know it's not considered uh, by the Bible-correcting crowd, but also I think some Christians fail to consider this, is the Bible is constructed in such a manner that you need every word, and yeah. every word is important because God has a built-in dictionary. God defines His own words, and also specific words point to specific doctrines. We've been kind of going through this in Revelation, point things out where you need the cross-reference from who the man-child mm. is and who the woman is. And so when you do this you know, thing with education and scholarship, and well, it could be this, it could be that, it's no big deal. No, it is a big deal because what you're doing is not only are you changing the Word of God, you're destroying God's internal cross-reference system, right. and now you can't learn the Word of God. Because they don't believe it is the Word of God. Exactly. But, <laughs> but so what I'm trying to drive at, and I, I'm, hopefully the viewers and listeners are picking up on it, it's much more, again, than just the doctrine it changes. You're actually destroying the way God has the Word written for your growth. 
and you won't be able to run the cross-references. You won't be able to find words according to the King James Bible, according to God's Word, and you won't be able to grow like you will, I believe, without a shadow of doubt, with the King James Bible. So there's more danger than just the debate about, well, it could be this word or that word. You're destroying God's eternal cross-references. Amen. Now, if what you're saying is true and what we believe is true, then that would mean that there's a guy out there called the devil, yeah. and that in the last days of the church, it'll be a, an apostasy, and many shall turn away their ears from the truth to be turned into... Oh, wait, yeah. That is what, that's what the Bible says. Right, right, right. I think people think, well, that's some fringe group, this right. fringe... Well, what do you think it's going to be? Like 50 million so-called evangelical born-again Christians in America, they're all right? Yeah. Like, no, that's not how the last times are described. Yeah, but it's <laughs> apostasy's not coming. We're living in apostasy. The attack on the Word of God is full force, and I believe this is a result of attack on the Word of God. As I just said, and Brian followed up with, this is what happens when you take God's words from God's people. They become shallow, yes. vain, weak in the faith. You say, why? Because they weren't fed the Word of God, and these attacks do much more than just the doctrine. They attack them to, their ability to study the Word of God and grow thereby. Yeah, and that's we didn't. Even, I don't think even cover that. It's the fruit, the right. fruit of the King James versus the fruit of these new new Bibles. Yeah. Look at the Christians it produces. Look at the colleges and the preachers it produces. Look at the Christian music and how it's not working out too well. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, yeah. Again, Christianity is in full fledged apostasy. But as we know, we study. You don't have to be apostate, even in an apostate day. So praise the Lord, we got Amen. a book that can build us up and make us strong in the faith. Yeah, just one more example. And it's Isaiah 7, 14, Behold, a virgin, behold, I give you a sign, a virgin shall be with child. Mm -hmm. And we covered that in class. And I said, the new Bibles say a young maiden. I said, wow, what a sign. A young girl's going to have a baby. Wow, never <laughs> yeah, seen that right, before. Right. <laughs> but the Hebrew word there is Alma which I think if you looked up in a concordance, could be young maiden. It also could be virgin. Right. Okay, they have a choice. They're sitting down in a committee. All right, gentlemen, Mr. Nussel, what do you think? Well, I think it should be this. And all right, Mr. Jones, what do you think? Well, you know. And they come to the conclusion, we're going to go with young maiden. Why? They had a choice. They could have gone with virgin. The New yeah. Testament says virgin. Right. It clearly should be virgin. That right. makes sense. That's right. a sign, not a young girl having a baby. But they chose, and that's the point. Why are they choosing these words when they have the evidence there and they're always siding with the devil? <laughs> it's crazy. Two takeaways from that. <laughs> I finally know how Nestle sounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, he's haughty. He's a yeah. jerk. Right, right. <laughs> Second takeaway from that Eberhard is... Eberhard Nestle is his full name. So. Yeah. Second takeaway from that is I just maybe throw it out there... <laughs> That maybe the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. No. Maybe just consider <laughs> there has to be so many changes before you can slap a copyright on something and sell it. Yeah, we'll get to that with the yeah. archaic words. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but um, you know, I'm just saying. It's true. But the point is, so I think we can follow the spirit. Obviously, the spirit is uh, the devil behind, and he's directing these men. And I think probably not all of them, but some of them, there's a, a, a alternative motive, at least by these committees, to publish a new updated Bible. And of course, what are they going to do with it? They're not going to give it away. <laughs> you know, they're going to sell it. Right. And they even have the introduction of all these. If you quote, you right. can quote like a hundred verses, but anything more than that, you got to get permission or you got to right. pay for it. Like, right. So obviously money is a motivation. And again, so 
let's just for that example, let's talk about that again in a moment. What's mm-hmm. the big deal? You say, well, it's a it's a huge deal. The virgin birth of Jesus Christ is not only a sign to the nation of Israel, it's the necessity for Jesus Christ to be sinless. Boy. If he's not, you know, if it's not a virgin birth and Joseph is his father, then we're done. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> we're but, lost. So there, there's all these other implications that happen when you start changing God's word. Amen. Well, that's it on the deity. All right. What's next? So, what's what's our next subject? Just a couple. There's two 12 packs of missing verses in the Bible. Ooh. Now they take they take like 40 verses out total. 39 I have total. But there's two 12 packs. I'm just going to mention them. Yeah, One's the last 12 verses of Mark. Mm-hmm. And there's a man named Dean Bergen. I mentioned him before. One of the greatest scholars of the 19th century. Wrote a whole book on defending why the 12 verses of Mark should be in there. So, But the last 12 verses of Mark, they take out. But it's in the text, most of them. This thing has a big line. It just puts a big line over it. And then it says... I just want to show them. All right. See that line there? I don't know what... So you're supposed to believe what? Right there. There's the line. The average Christian doesn't know manuscripts and doesn't know this and that. What is he supposed to believe? This thing, if you want to show, it puts it in brackets. It puts the whole 12 verses in brackets. And in the introduction, it says the brackets, I don't remember the exact wording, but are probably not in the original. You can probably see those brackets there. And so one's bracketed. One has a line. And go ahead. Yeah, and there's all different. Any Bible you get, they're going to have different notes. This says the earliest manuscripts and some other ancient witnesses do not have Mark 16, verses 9 through 20. And I've seen it where they'll actually add stuff and say some manuscripts add like additional readings to it, or some cut it off here, but some add this. And I don't know what you're supposed to conclude. Well, we, we, we're Bible believers, so we Yay. believe this in the Bible, but... Hath God said. That's <laughs> I guess I so. That's exactly what you would conclude. <laughs> right. But... Yeah, that's it on that. They also do it with John, the woman taking an adultery, go and sin no more. We all know that story. Yeah. Well, you shouldn't know it because it's not in the originals. That's, <laughs> that's what they would all say. Well, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I like no big uh, deal, though. James Knox wrote that, uh, the quickest Bible yes. memorization plan. Yeah, I clicked on that like, oh, sweet. Yeah. When I f- first got saved, I remember seeing right. it. <laughs> that's, a, that's a real witty uh, yeah. way to get people to understand the point. And, of course, he has this whole list of all these verses, and you can memorize them quickly. Of course, you'll memorize them in new version because they're not there. <laughs> so, yeah, praise the Lord. So, yeah. yeah, again, what we're trying to just show you is the um, just for you to consider, pray about. Maybe, maybe you are a King James Bible leader, but you have a loved one that's not. Share this podcast with them. That does bring me to the point. I know we don't do a good job at this, but uh, <laughs> if you're watching and it's been oh, a blessing yeah. to you, why don't you like and share this podcast? We would appreciate it. And we do this um, to help the body of Christ and help those grow in the Word of God. So, again, if you would, like and share. We appreciate it. Amen. Uh, Rusty is a kind of quick hitter. Yeah, we might be able to get through them. Yeah, why don't you go through those? No, we're fine. 40 minutes or so. No, you're good. We're good. I have what Dr. Ruckman calls, and I would probably concur, the most important verse for a saved person, 2 Timothy 2.15. Yeah. tells you to study the Bible. It tells you why to study the Bible. It tells you what will happen if you don't study the Bible. They attack it. In two different ways. They, the verse says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, while you divide in the word of truth. They take out study, the only commandment in the Bible to study the Bible, and then they take out how to study the Bible, and 
most of you guys watching are dispensational, or at least you understand the difference between Old Testament and New Testament, which right. would make you dispensational. Amen. That is such a key. If you think I got to keep the Sabbath and I got to offer, I got to observe the Passover, then you go to Jerusalem and find out there's no temple there. Like, <laughs> obviously, you rightly divide the Bible. That's a key verse. They take that out. They wow. say correctly handle. And then they take study out and say, be diligent to present yourself something. You know, that's pretty profound. I, I didn't know that second part. It's been years since I looked at that about correctly handle. Yeah. What is what is profound about this? Now, this is uh, the surely might ruffle some feathers out there, but that's okay. Uh, we stand on truth. It is interesting because the Anderson Knight crowd, who profess to be you know King James Bible believers, and I'm not saying they're not. I you know they stand and preach from the Word of God, um, King James Bible. That is, I definitely have a lot of questions and you know concerns with their false doctrine or replacement of Israel and all the other stuff and mid-trib rapture. But anyways, back to the point at hand, I heard several of them say that rightly dividing does not mean to divide. They say it means to correctly apply. Which is very close. What did you say the new version say? Yeah, correctly handle the... Yeah, so, like that. so that's a new version understanding, which wow. I think is very profound. They got they, that from the Greek then. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and I, no no shock about that with all of Steve Anderson's videos on the Greek and everything else, And um, but... Correctly handled. Yeah, correctly handle. And that's basically, I've heard several Andersonites say that, um, it doesn't mean rightly divide, doesn't mean divide, it means to correctly apply. Well, that's that's the rendering from the new versions. And anyways, uh, I just thought that was pretty profound. I didn't know that, so yeah, learned something new today. I knew they took out the word study, and we are to study. Not only we're to study, we are commanded to rightly divide the word of truth. And last time I checked, divide always means divide. <laughs> not very hard. Yeah, they're not good Bible believers. If you got to go to the Greek and say it should be this or it's yeah. a mistake, you stop calling yourself a Bible believer. You're not a Bible believer. Yeah, and I think the more and more, and again, I don't, I don't even know why I mentioned the name. I usually try not to just because uh, I think they're a thing of the past and you know they can't even uh, be gracious with one another. They're constantly infighting and destroying one another and all that foolishness is going on. Um, but I think more and more as the time goes on, we've seen the fruit of that whole camp and the reliance on the Greek and all this. And so uh, they're definitely not King James Bible believers like we are in the sense of rightly dividing the word of truth and dispensationalists and believe every word of God. And, and uh, we'll say emphatically, there's no need for the Greek. You got the King James Bible. So praise amen. The Lord. Amen. We got to deal with it because we got to deal with this stuff. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. The only good it is. That it, you're absolutely right. The only good is to be able to defend this book. Um, got some other just yeah quick some hitters. quick hitters yeah. first Peter 2 2 I'll ask you to finish it as newborn babe desire the sincere milk of the word the word they take out the word yeah well no biggie <laughs> right does <laughs> sincere milk of what so this the is word. I'm showing you how they attack the word of God this yeah. is this category and it also says that you may grow thereby yeah well they the, a lot of the new versions say grow into salvation mm, that's, mm, that's that's heresy heresy yeah yeah so Luke 4 4, I think we mentioned that one. This one's super interesting. In Luke 4, in Matthew 4 4, in all the new Bibles, Jesus Christ says, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. In the New Bibles and in the King James. In Deuteronomy 8 3, in the King James, by every word of God. In the New Bibles, Deuteronomy 8 3, by every word of God. But for some reason, in Luke 4 4, Jesus Christ and the King James, obviously parallel account. Yeah. Obviously, Jesus is God, so he kind of wrote Deuteronomy. Yeah, but, He's pretty familiar with the Bible, yeah. I guess. 
In the King James, by every word of God, he tells Satan, Luke 4, 4. In the New Bibles, it takes out every, it takes out word of God. Hmm. We don't have to guess what he said there. Right. It's pretty obvious. I don't right. care what. Well, this man is, I don't care about that. Right. It's, 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 a, it's a quote, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, again, they're erring on the side of casting doubt versus erring on the side of having the scripture be the authority. I just got a... Pretty much, we'll just, I'll do, I just got one on amillennialism sure. in John 18. Perfect. And then yeah. just a couple little words or yeah, things. Yeah, and then maybe we'll talk in con- conclusion a little yeah. bit about archaic words. Yeah, we can just rattle off a few yeah. of these oh, archaic ones. Good. In John 18, 36, well, let me read it. I keep quoting them. I want you to hear it from the horse's mouth. Amen. Nay. <laughs> John 18, 36. Can you read that, the King James one? Yeah. I think we did mention this, though. Okay, go ahead. Amillennialism, by the way, means you don't believe there's a millennium. You don't believe Jesus is coming literally, physically, visibly on the earth someday to reign with a rod of iron, sit on the throne of David in Jerusalem, visibly, literally. That's we believe in that. It's called a millennium. Right. Pre millennial. Jesus comes back, and then there's a millennium, a thousand years. Okay, let's listen to this. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servant would be fighting. Servants, so that I would not be handed over to the Jews. But as as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. Wow. Well, then that's amillennialism. Right. That means Jesus' kingdom is not of this earth. Right. Well, it is. If the Bible, if I don't know, I counted. I have a, I've counted over eight hundred verses on the millennium. Right. So. But. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll read the uh, King James Bible before I do that. Um, this I'll be teaching on this. I think uh, December twelfth. I'm gonna start a interwinding, interwinding a little small series on the King James Bible on Sunday afternoon, and and I'll be getting to this. But this shows you the importance of every word. Just one word matters. You say it's not a big deal. Boy. No, it's a huge issue. Every word, word matters. So, as that verse clearly states in the New Version. The Lord Jesus Christ's kingdom is not of this world. Well, excuse me, what does the King James Bible say? John 18, 36, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight. Let me pause there. i got to throw this in here. It's, uh, you know, we live in America. Christian? Uh Uh-oh. Don't do it. You're going to alienate our crowd. Christian? (laughs) The Lord Jesus Christ's kingdom is not of this world, and that means Donald Trump, the Republican Party, the conservatives are not of God's kingdom. That's we're not going to bring in God's kingdom by voting in the you know next best Republican or this person's going to save America. Listen, he said, I'll read the whole thing and then I'll get to the point. <laughs> My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. There it is. There's that one word, now. And that makes all the difference because why, Brother Brian? Because someday it yeah. will be from hence. <laughs> yeah, and his servants will fight the army. Oh, oh yeah, that too. I didn't even consider that. Yeah. Revelation nineteen. Duh! I never even thought about that. You're right. Yes. Yeah. And uh, so you'll see a battle. It's one gonna day. be a lot of fighting. Two hundred million killed, and and that's blood when and... it is worth fighting for a kingdom. Right now, we know the kingdoms of this world are the devils, mm. and therefore. 
let's stay busy about our Father's business, about the Lord Jesus Christ's business, and spiritual things. Amen. Anyways, da- they want to get too much in political things. Doc always says, all kingdom builders are bloody killers. There you go. That's the millennial, truth. bringing in the kingdom. Well, you bring what, in the kingdom through bloodshed and war and laws and taxes and confiscation of lands. Yeah. That's bringing in the kingdom. That's, that's, Paul didn't do that. Peter didn't do that. Read Acts. Yeah, yeah, amen, brother. <laughs> they weren't well, doing any of that stuff. That's what the Bible talks about, right? When we're talking about that, we're talking about the kingdom of heaven, the literal, visible, physical kingdom. And the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is taken by force. force. That's war. That's the sword. That's the gun. That's confiscation. That's, like you said, taxes, enslavement. Nothing and to do with us. Nothing to do with us. Israel, yes. Right? Right. I guess the Andersonites are Israel, so they can do <laughs> yeah. it. But anyway. Man, we're, getting in, we're getting on the Andersonites. We're getting on politics. Boy, this podcast is just going to... Yeah. It's, good. it's good stuff. <laughs> All right. A couple uh, other ones. The word Calvary is mm-hmm. not in the New Bibles. It's only in the King James. No big, no big deal. Yeah, right. No big deal. Um, the love of money is root of all evil. No, not in the new Bibles. We talked about that. Maybe yeah. there's a reason. I they wonder changed. why. Yeah. Could they be covering their own sins? Yeah. <laughs> uh, science, beware, beware of oppositions of science falsely so-called. The new Bibles take that out. Yeah. Oh, that doesn't matter. No science like vaccine, science like COVID, science like global warming, science like transgender mm-hmm. stuff, science like evolution. Nah, that's not a big deal. You were warned about it in the King James Bible. You there were you go. get you a King James. Amen. <laughs> so then, other than that, I just got the updates. There's in my father's what are many mansions? Yeah, or, yeah, my father's house are many mansions. mansions New right. Bible says room. I can do all things through Christ. Not in the new versions. You can't. Mm. These, these are key verses, and they mess them up. Yeah. But what about before we get into archaic words? We uh, we'll talk briefly about uh, originals versus translations. Now, I always mention. Oh, yeah. At church often, when I get ready to do a study, now we are Bible believers. And I say that often, probably a little too frequently. Nah. I think folks know we're Bible believers, but the point <laughs> is to emphasize that we want to learn something. Yeah, that's true. We do. Amen. And praise the Lord for that. Good yeah. growth and good seeing people get excited about the Word of God. But uh, with that said, but my point is in emphasizing, and you know, when we want to learn something, we go to the Bible. And so if we're going to settle this issue about the originals versus translation from a Bible believer's perspective, from a final authority perspective, and not a scholarship perspective, we could go to the Word of God and see what the Bible says about a translation. And so, Brother Brian, why don't you, why don't you talk about that? Why don't you talk about uh, the how many times the Word occurs and uh, what is better, the original or the <laughs> translation? Yeah, that's... We say and you say you say it a lot, but that's that's how we do it. And right. and most people who don't call themselves Bible believers don't even consider that. They'll look at the Greek or they'll just go with what they think a word means, or they'll go with the dictionary, or maybe Webster's eighteen twenty eight. The Bible defines its own word. That's so it. the word translation is four times, right? Yes. So the Bible does mention a translation because they'll say no translation can be inspired. Well, the scholars all say Jesus used the Septuagint, which was a Greek translation of the Old Testament. So anyway, besides that. But translated occurs three times. Translation occurs once, but any forms is four times. The kingdom of Saul was translated to the kingdom of David, to David. Amen. So I don't know which one was better. I would say David's was better. (laughs) So the translation was an improvement. Yeah, absolutely. It was an improvement. That's pretty good. Did God institute that? 
He was behind it, right? Yeah. I also like to point out... So it was out, given by inspiration of God. The given translation? by inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> Inspired translation. That's yeah. what I'm <laughs> I like to point out, too, just interject real quick thought is, you know, I, I've been just dwelling on this a lot lately about the layers of truth there. And then just think about this as we're talking. The layers of truth there is Saul's kingdom is a picture of the Antichrist's mm. kingdom, and David's kingdom is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ's kingdom. And so what is better right now, folks? Mm. This world with all its chaos and death and sorrow and poverty and murder and all the uh, atrocities that are occurring across the world, even right now as we're doing this podcast, or is it going to be better when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back? Obviously, the answer is clear. David's kingdom, the translation, is better. The Lord Jesus Christ's kingdom is better. Amen. Next one. Another one. These are obviously in no particular order. Right. Enoch was on earth, and then Hebrews says he was translated that he yeah. should not see death. I would say that was an inspired translation. Because Absolutely. if God didn't do it, how would he get to heaven? And I'm, I don't know, is heaven better than earth? Or? Mm. <laughs> And that points to what? That points to our translation of the body of Christ, the rapture of the church, where we who which are alive and remain shall not see death either. Well, I'm looking forward to that translation. Yes, you? yes. Amen. I Praise want Lord. that translation. Amen. <laughs> and then one more was in Colossians that we've been translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Yeah. So tran translation only occurs three times. Mm-hmm. And each time what was translated is better. It's inspired of God, and it's superior to the original. So again, you say you believe <laughs> the words of God, whoever you are, according to the Bible, not scholarship only, but Scripture only. Which one is better, the original or the translation? And you say that's a stretch. No, it's not a stretch. It's how God wrote his, had man write his word to reveal to you these truths so you didn't have to rely on scholarship. You could rely on his words because that's what he wants you to rely on. And so if you're just struggling and you're like, well, the originals versus translation, God gave you three different examples mm -hmm. in the word of God to, to minister to your heart through the Holy Spirit to show you the translation is better than the original. <laughs> that definitely will get some people upset. Amen. So, uh, all right. Well, let's let's uh, let's transition and, and close out one of the uh, uh, arguments that people like to say is, well, you know, really these updates are just to update the archaic words. Brother Brian, what's your thoughts about that? Well, why don't you talk a little bit about the archaic words, and maybe maybe just examples, or just in general, what's your thoughts? In general, I think even if it's true, which there are some archaic words in the King James, but we have, especially with today, everybody's got phones, we have what's called a, I think it's called a dictionary. You can look up the words. Amen. The Bible will define some of these words. You can ask help for words. You can, over time, you will learn what these words. A lot of time, the context will give you the definition of the word, but... But I'm going to show you there's a lot of archaic words in the new Bibles. Uh, the King James, in many ways, is a much simpler version. It's easier yeah. to memorize. It's much more more prose-sounding, or it's, it flows much yeah. much better. And So it's kind of a crock, but there are some archaic words in the King James, sure. but there's archaic words in all of them. But another interesting thing, Dr. Vance wrote a book, Archaic Words and the Authorized Version, and he points out tons of these archaic words, and I've noticed it 
in my own life several times. Sure. Some of these archaic words, many of them actually, maybe almost all of them are still in use today. They're not archaic. We're just stupid. We're ignorant. Yeah. So, so learn them. But I noticed uh, sluices is one. That's in the key name, sluices. I was at a county fair once and I saw they had these rocks with like water and gems and it said sluice, sluice pit or something. Mm. I remember I, was, I wrote it down in my Bible somewhere, a recompense or something. I noticed that in an ESPN article in I think it was June 2006 or whatever. But some of these archaic words... It, they're they're still used today. They're Absolutely. just just because you don't know them, or but yeah, a lot of those words. I'll just give you a few of them that, that the new Bibles don't update. They actually take out many passages of King James and they dumb them down. But even if it were true, okay, well these are from Satan and they're corrupt. So yeah. just learn the words. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, before you jump in and give those lists of the archaic words in the new version, just to reiterate what you said. And so basically, you know, the whole argument of why we need to update the King James Bible is it uses archaic words. Well, ESPN uses them. You know, the Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal, Journal uses them. Um, the common person at the fair uses them. And what a, what a poor excuse to change God's word, or his words, I should say, because some folks don't know a handful of words. And like you said, study them out. Compare scripture to scripture. Oftentimes they'll define themselves. If you're still stuck, pick up a dictionary. <laughs> right. Pick up your and phone. Everybody's got a phone. It's not right. like so. I looked up the definition once of modern English. You know what it is? The English language since around 1500. That's a dictionary definition wow. of modern English. Wow. So when they say the King James into modern English, they're lying. Right. I know what yeah. they mean, but that's yeah. the, by definition, it is modern English. Amen. But you read a what is it, Tyndale Bible from like sure. the 1400s? It's you can't really read that thing. It's, sure. The English language has changed, but King James is modern. Amen. Amen. Anyway. I believe it was at its apex when, when it was penned. Yeah. You know, Shakespeare, yeah, we talked we, about all of that. And and Kim had a, Dr. Yeah. Kim had a great thing on that, but we can't get into yeah. that, Brother Gunther. Yeah, no, that was that was wonderful. <laughs> so, uh, But but I, I am interested, and I know the listeners, viewers are too, probably because this kind of, again, just backfires in their whole argument about why, you know, well, we're just updating the archaic words. Now, now again, I know that's a very shallow argument, but you will hear it. You probably won't hear it from, you know, the Greek scholars because they'll try to, you know, <laughs> impress you with a much more knowledge than that. But you'll hear it from just the everyday average Christian who picks up a new version. They'll just say the King James Bible's hard to, you know, understand and hard to read and, and you know, it's archaic. Um, so you'll hear that a lot. Last thought before you get into that is, like you mentioned, actually when you look at the King James Bible on a reading scale, when they, they judge a book by the level of reading, it's actually... One of, if not, I believe the easiest. It's on written on overall a fifth grade reading level, where the NIV is written on a ninth grade reading level. So much harder. And of course, they judge that by syllables and you know words yeah. that are not known and all that. And right. that's the yeah. tests by modern you know educators. So it's not that it's harder, but I love the fact I always point this on First Corinthians chapter two. Mm. It's because this book is spiritual. <laughs> And it is foolishness unto that natural man. So anyway, so let's uh, talk about this list. Yeah, where Ripplinger's got that in her book. I think it's called Fleisch-Kincaid Test. Yeah, that's what Based on syllables and right. how many letters per... Right. The words and how many letters there are. And yeah, in a lot of instances, it is more okay. But here's just a couple phrases. The uh, Genesis 30, 27, the King James says, I have learned by experience. I think that's Laban talking to Jacob. I've learned by experience. Is that archaic? Do you know what that means? Yeah, it seems like he, he learned something because he went through it by experience. But that needs updates. The NIV says learned by divination. 
Because I hear that all the time, Walmart wow. or <laughs> gas station. I learned by divination. Yeah, that's just common everyday yeah. lingo. So that's that your update. Easier. And matter of fact, I would say, obviously, that becomes then satanic and, you know, <laughs> talking about divinations and all that. And, yeah. you know, that's another whole just reason why they chose the word divinations. But anyways, go on. Yeah, Nehemiah 1311. The NI, or, uh, should I give King James first or does it matter? Just however you want to do it, brother. Okay. King James, or the NIV, says, station them at their posts. That's probably Nehemiah. Station them at their posts. It's not archaic, but okay. King James, put them in their place. Hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, really. not archaic, and not it's a, much it, easier to understand, yeah, and it flows exactly. more naturally. Sure. Yeah. Habakkuk 2 9, the clutches of ruin. King James, power of evil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely the new versions were are more harder to understand in that case. Isaiah 65 5, too sacred for you, NIV, because that's what. That says, King James, holier than thou. <laughs> Everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> One more, and, and let's, we don't have to mention those, whatever. I can rattle those off. Yeah, just rattle But off. Job 6, 6, King James, is there any taste in the white of an egg? I don't think that's very hard. ESV, the juice of the mallow. New World Translation, that's a classic one, a lot of people know this. The slimy juice of marshmallow. Wow. One of them says, in the purslane. Which purse? I looked it up. This yeah. purse lane's the Hebrew word. It's the transliteration. It's some kind of plan or something. So, <laughs> I, but I which one's easier? That's our point here. Yeah. Is, which one's easier? And the first one said what was the first juice one? of the mallow? I, I don't even know what that is. Do you know what a mallow is? I mean, did it's you actually some kind of spice. Yeah. Okay, but I'm just saying that's it's actually I, more accurate in regards to the uh, the Hebrew is purse lane and it's some kind of plant or spice. Sure. But the King James is what's called a dynamic equivalency. It's sure. it's getting the point, it's translation is getting the point across. Is there is there any taste in that? Is there any taste of a white of an egg? That's to the reader right. of today, we can understand what that right. means. Sure. Doesn't have to be literal. None of them are literal word for word translations. Right. Yeah. Dynamic equivalence. Yeah, so but definitely uh the King James <laughs> Bible was much easier than all the other examples. Amen. And, and again, so just pause here before you rattle off that list. Is we're not saying <laughs> you gotta you gotta just all right, Brian. I slow need down a little rain. bit, just a little bit, just a little bit. But um, we're not saying obviously we're not justifying for the easiest reading. We're simply using their argument against yep. them, where they say, Amen. "Well, we had to update it because it's just too hard to understand." And we're giving you examples where these new versions go against what they say, and they actually make it harder to understand. So the conclusion is, don't mess with God's words. But why don't you go ahead and just kind of rattle yeah, I'll just, off? I'll just words. rattle off a few. Yeah. If we had time, I would turn to it. But trust me, and I looked them all up before I came here last week and, and made this list and everything just to confirm. But these are in the NIV. It changes King James River in Numbers 34.5 to Wadi, W-A-D-I. King James is easier. Right. I don't even know what a Wadi is. I'll actually, do you want me to quiz you on these? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> Genesis 14.1, I know it mentions Goyim, G-O-I-I-M, Goyim. We all know what Goyim is. I hear the word Goyim all the time. It's called the United Goyim, right? No, no, no. It's called the United Nations. Oh, yeah, that's King James Nations. Wow. Instead of gadfly, King James says destruction. Mm. King James speaking, NIV fomenting. Mm. In closings, NIV filigree. A penny. I know what a penny is. Yeah, amen. How about denarius? NIV updates that archaic word penny to denarius. Bracelet, NIV updates it to brooches. Dung, we all know what dung yeah, is, yeah. to offal, offal. <laughs> Lump to poultice, poultice. Storm of wind to squall. And last one would be green to verdant. 
Wow. I see Verdan all the time. It's a very <laughs> common word. Yeah. So right. they're idiots. They're, yeah. they're, they're inconsistent. They're hypocrites. And by the way, I don't know if you were going to mention this. What Ripplinger says, the reason they do, and you kind of touched on the love of money and all yeah. that, it's called derivative copyright law. Yeah. I can't take Harry Potter. I can't take Danielle Steele's books and change one word and then sell it. Right. Because that's not a significant enough change. I can't take one of Michael Jackson's songs and change one word and then make it. That's copyright infringement. And he worked, he put in the money, put in the labor to make that. And that's his property, which right. it makes sense. Amen. Well, the same thing with books. So the NIV, if they just really change the archaic words enough, and plus, by the way, there's over 300, maybe 400 new versions since 1881. Right. If they just change the archaic words, and plus they, they, they keep being all these new versions, they couldn't get a copyright because there wouldn't, there wouldn't right. be enough changes. That's right. So they have to make up these absurd, ridiculous updates that are archaic words. So it's, it's just a big crock. Yeah, absolutely. Besides satanic and whatever. <laughs> I know we could uh, continue Amen. on another episode because this this you know, really is, uh, you know, this is... The issue at hand, if if the devil steals, takes away, destroys, casts doubt on God's word in your life, then he's won the battle. He's won the battle for your heart and mind. He's won the battle for folks, mm. souls who don't believe the word of God. And uh, so we, we pray over these last three bar- broadcasts that you would consider in your life what is your final authority. I know we have found a book. We believe it. Amen. We uh, have our final authority. Our final authority is the King James Bible. That's why we are Bible believers. We believe this book from cover to cover. It is God's word. Yes, he used men over 40, but <laughs> he is the author. There's one author. That's God Almighty. And who are you to change God's word? So I believe this is a good stopping place. Amen. But... Uh, Make sure you tune in. We are going to get into a very uh, deep and, I think, important subject. Very important. Yeah, very important. Because obviously we are rightly dividing... Facting churches. Yeah, it is. We are rightly dividing dispensationalists. But we're going to get into hyper-dispensationalism. So uh, please tune in. Please like. Please share. Bereans, grace, grace, grace. They're grace. A lot of grace church, grace yeah. Bible church, grace, grace, grace. But yeah. they don't call themselves that. So. Right. And that's where we're going to show you. We're going to show you why that is a, uh, a dangerous doctrine that affects churches, affects Christian living. And we are strong, rightly dividing Bible believers, but we are not hyper dispensationalists. So before we close out, brother, any last words in general? Anything? Final authority? Hyper dispensationalism? Yeah, they're they're infecting churches. I don't hardly ever get on Facebook, but when I do, I'll see comments from Bible believers, and maybe they're just being curious or devil's advocate, whatever. But I don't think so. But these teachings are creeping into they the are. brethren, like-minded brethren. Where where did Paul say to confess sins? And where right. these thoughts are getting in there? And I don't I don't know the appeal for Bible believers that know the book. I don't either. It's not they don't they they think they found some new truth. There's nothing new. They don't. It's just Paul, Peter, Paul, Peter, and they're not even right on that. They're wrong on a lot of stuff. But yeah, it's infecting churches, and it's going to get you get you out of the ministry. It'll 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 kill your ministry. It'll kill your evangelical spirit. It'll um, it resists preaching. We all need preaching because we're all wicked and we're all in the flesh. Till the day we die, we need preaching, reprove, rebuke, and the grace, grace, grace churches. Jordan Baker O'Hare, Stan Bollinger, those people. E.C. Moore, um, Les Feldick, those people, they're, they're not going to preach. It's just teach and teach and teach and teach and no standards and we don't wear ties and all this kind of thing. And it's not good. So, yeah, we'll, I think it's we'll get on a that. good segue to get into, you know, at least leave the listeners and viewers to anticipate that uh, upcoming podcast. 
We are passionate about rightly dividing the word of truth. We believe it is vital, uh, but there is ditches on both sides of the road, and you can go too far, and that's the Christian life. And uh, so, yeah, we're looking forward to We're the tow truck. Word of a King podcast, the tow truck that will get you out of that ditch. Amen. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, we're we're trying to keep you uh, on that straight and narrow. We're trying to keep you in your right lane. And uh, praise the Lord. Looking forward to that. As always, until next time, do something for the Lord Jesus Christ. The key to understand the Word of God is for the author to show you what the thing says. If you understand that book, you get for the author. Then he opened their understanding.